AJ. You're listening to the Strain Hunter Podcast. Now, today's episode is going to be a little bit about more of the history of cannabis. Um, now, to let you all know, uh, the first sign of cannabis that was really, uh, 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 you know, found by uh, architects and, 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 you know, people who actually study uh fossils from the ground I forget the name of the actual word but of the actual profession but uh, you know studies show that first findings of cannabis and hemp were actually in Japan around Japan um, pre-neolithic era um, which is pretty interesting and it's actually been known that probably around 8,000 BC, 9,000 BC, you know, there was many rituals, ritualistic cults that were using cannabis as a, as a beginning to their ceremonial, uh, ceremonial circles. Um, now we see this in the, you know, old stereotype of a Native American, you know, smoking out of a pipe, um, We see this in, you know, uh, uh, incense being burned and smoke going across the room. Now, and it's funny because cannabis and other incenses that different religions use share many terpenes, which is, you know, it's supposed to uplift, uplift the spirit, uplift the mind. It's supposed to... Uh, uh, leave out all negative emotion and negative feeling, negative spirits. Um, but yeah, 8,000 BC, we see the first signs of civilization using cannabis ritualistically. Um, but not just ritualistically, also as tools, as, as a product. Um, hemp actually being used to weave baskets, uh, weave canoes, uh, bowls, so many different things hemp can be used for, that can still be used for today, that can still be used for today, it's a renewable resource that's incredible, Um, and now also, I'm going to let you know that we've been using hemp and cannabis in our daily lives all the way up till 1937 where there was actually an act to prohibit marijuana which is pretty funny considering the year before that or year either year before or year after let me see I believe it was a year after Reefer Madness the movie it was an anti-cannabis movie that came out stating that drug dealers would get young white teenage girls addicted to Reefer and to mingle with people of color to go to jazz parties um it's it's amazing how systemic racism is actually a part of a lot of cannabis uh uh legis- legislator legislative acts um now an in-depth timeline of different parts of american history You know, American history, the Declaration of Independence was written on hemp. 
hemp piece of paper. That's another thing that hemp and cannabis has been used for. Papyrus, back in the day in the ancient Egyptian times, also used hemp. So many different things, people. So many different things. Um, which still can be used today. It amazes me how much cannabis isn't isn't just used, you know? And it's really just due to government-stated stigma and government-perpetuated stigma that will essentially unify different races and different cultures. And people were scared of that, you know? The government was afraid of that. Look at the 1960s where there was, like, this hippie movement that, you know, joined up with Black Panthers. Look at how, you know right now there's there's multiple movements that include different races and cultures because everyone has a voice for a different race or a different culture you bring together those voices and you have a more powerful voice a more powerful movement all right and these are just the things that hemp and cannabis can help with these are the things that can help unify us hemp and cannabis you know um now in order to sum up how I'm feeling on this, um, my my views are, you know, it's incredible of how much the government has still systemically re- maneuvered in order to put people of color into a different category or to put people of color into a targeted view, right? So, for example, in Washington State, it's a mainly, mainly white state. I can say that. I've lived there. There's percentages that show that. Over there, there's yoga classes that you can smoke cannabis and then have a yoga class. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's a great thing. I wish and hope that you can do this across the United States very soon. Now, let's go to states like Texas. Let's go to states like Mississippi. Let's go to states like it used to be Virginia, but now Virginia is 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 finally on the side. Thank thank the universe, thank God. Virginia is now on the side of legalizing cannabis. But mostly southern states where Jim Crow was highly present and highly fortified by the government, highly backed by the government and the police, there's still still a systemic targeting of POC, people of color, through cannabis and hemp. Yet, you go, you go across America a few, through a few hundred miles, a few hundred miles, and all of a sudden, it's a new fad, it's a new craze, it's a new this, that, or the other for, unfortunately, you know, uh, 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 white people to make money. <laughs> You know, I actually had a conversation with, uh, you know, uh, a former colleague of mine and, you know, they were saying that it's, it's incredible how male dominated and how white the cannabis industry is, at least in her part of, at least in her part of the U.S. And so it, it gets me thinking and it's like, wow, like, what are we able to do about this how are we able to put poc stamp on history of we are we we are 
we are the movement that cannabis is normal, right? We normalize cannabis. We are able to smoke it and hold jobs. We're able to smoke it and not be the the stereotypical lazy uh, eating Lay's chips on the couch and watching your favorite Netflix series. No, people of color have been using cannabis as as everyday with everyday life, right? Yet people of color are the ones that are mainly in prison for cannabis. You go you go to a state like Washington State, you can get an ounce, you can get uh, uh, seven grams of 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 concentrate concentrated cannabis, and you're fine. You, as long as you got the money for it and you're over 21, great. That's perfect. But you go to a state where where it's in the south. If you have an eighth of cannabis on you, if you have one or 2.5 grams of cannabis on you, you can be sent straight to prison. No one, two, three strikes. No, you can be sent straight to prison over these small amounts of cannabis. And for someone to tell me that people of color are not being targeted, such as Jim Crow used to target people of color, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I'm sorry to say it's ridiculous, but, but we all have a voice and we all have friends that have voices and we all are able to come together and really, really have vote. You know what I mean? Go out and vote and, and talk to your, to your local congressman, talk to, you know, the the mayor of your town, talk to the small, smaller political parties, people who make up your area people who make up your state laws talk to them and really fight and advocate for cannabis fight and advocate and advocate for not just yourself but for people who don't have a voice for people whose lives have been ruined just through the stigma that cannabis has had placed upon it it's incredible it's incredible. Um, so, speaking of that, cannabis was prohibited in 1937, right? We're gonna we're gonna come back to that. Sorry, went on a tangent. This tangent was needed to be set. <laughs> so, cannabis was prohibited in 1937. Year after Reefer Madness, an anti-cannabis movie came out stating that drug dealers would get young white teenage girls addicted to reefer and mingle with people of color at jazz bands. Now, <sighs> sorry, subject gets me heated almost every time. <laughs> almost every every time. Now, not just with that, but uh, let's go to the Clinton era right? Let's go to the Clinton era. Let's go to the Reagan era. Let's go to the Reagan era of just say no to drugs, right? Um, just say no to drugs. Now, of course, at this point in time is where the more hardcore drugs are coming in. People are taking heroin. People are going into crack. People are going into uh, uh, different psychedelics. Even now, psychedelics are starting to become studied and seen as more medicinal purposed 
rather than drug purposed. But it's crazy how it's now starting to go through that that phase that maybe cannabis was going through nine years ago, ten years ago, right? But at at this point in time, at least in the Reagan era, they're really cracking down on black people, Spanish people, people of color. They're really cracking down on people of color to get people of color off the street, to get people of color out of their homes through cannabis, right? Through cannabis. D.A.R.E. program is getting created through, through cannabis, everyone is, is targeting, 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 targeting people who enjoy cannabis. People who have been seen that cannabis helps in so many ways. So many ways. There was, um, I mean, if you think about it, think of all the times, you know, you talk to someone that's a little bit older than, say, 30 years old. And the first thing they mention when they hear cannabis is like, oh, Rastaman. And they have to do like a Jamaican accent, right? So tell me, tell me, tell me people of color aren't being targeted through cannabis. You know, it's, it's a religion, right? It's a religion in Jamaica, not even Jamaicans, not all Jamaicans are Rastafarians, right? That was their religion, but you know, I'm not going to go too far into it because I'm not Rastafarian and I shouldn't talk about other people's religion like that. I don't like to, but at the same time, it, 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 not Rastafari, not being Rastafari, but the government tries to get these little, little, little targeted issues through POC, through people of color, and target them, and, 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 and target, and bla- put them on blast, use them as stereotypes to say, hey, look, you don't want to look like this person, you don't want to be like this group of people, don't use cannabis, which is extremely wrong, extremely wrong, because in all reality, your congressman is probably smoking reefer, right, hopefully it's reefer, hopefully it's cannabis, instead of them bumping coke, right, because honestly, most of, most of capital America uses a lot of cocaine, (laughs) a lot of office, blue collar, white collar, Sorry, white collar people use a lot of cocaine to get through their day. Honestly, I would rather not even use alcohol. I would rather just have a, a, a rolled up J for myself in the morning, concentrate in the afternoon, and then a nice bowl in that night before I go to sleep. That right there, I believe, is a perfect balance of cannabis. Now, another point map in history, uh, Clinton, Clinton era. The three strike rule. A lot of the three strike rule took it, it, it took out a lot of white people as well in terms of take you know sending them to prison for mar- for marijuana and cannabis use. But that's just one of those things that people of color use cannabis more because they have been understood. They have been using cannabis since before the 1920s and know of of how it helps relieve stress, helps uplift your spirit, helps with your own mental health, right? Right? So these jazz parties, 
as as movie Reefer Madness would ex- exclaim to. These parties were to let loose, were to relax, were to get together in the community and have fun, especially after a whole day's worth of being targeted and being and being talked down to and being manhandled and, and, and stronghand, right? You would want to relax and de-stress as well. <laughs> Unfortunately, you know, it's it's the truth. It's the truth, especially in Jim Crow era, please. Please, I would have a J as long as the as long as a whole entire football. Either way, either way, um, I I regress. <laughs> um, in order in order for us to put a stop to these different systemic maneuvers that the government has created that always puts down POC people of color. We need to go out, we need to vote, we need to put people of color into our government. People of color that have gone through these struggles and are trying to come out the other side clean, right? Um, now, a way we can stop stigma against cannabis and systemic maneuvers against cannabis, um, just conversation really having open conversation, real conversation about how cannabis and how people of color are systemically targeted through new cannabis laws and state legislation, right? And always has been, always has been through laws and always has been through overseers. So in order to, if you enjoy cannabis, regardless of where you're from, regardless of your race, regardless of your lineage, if you enjoy cannabis and you want cannabis to be able to be open and to be able to be, you know, if you're over 21, you're able to buy cannabis anywhere in the United States, continental United States, anywhere in the world, honestly, we need to start having these conversations. We need to start having these building blocks of education to where we're able to talk freely about cannabis people talk freely so much about alcohol right but no one no one is going to say yeah man i just i just made this beer in my house and you know i think it's i think it's awesome i tasted it it was great too bad just so many people you know so many people are dying from you know car accidents from being drunk and behind the wheel you know what i mean um no, no one's making beer or making distilled liquor and saying or thinking that. So let's get behind a conversation of, hey, I'm growing this cannabis plant and, you know, I, I made it from such and such strain and I'm using this much light for it. I'm taking off this much light during the day. I'm putting uh, this much angle on the breeze. Now, people who are in the cannabis culture do have these conversations. But I want it to be to the point where the stigma is no longer there. And anybody that anybody that's 21 and over can be like, oh, wow. Yeah, I actually had some blue dream the other day that a friend of mine grew. It was perfect. I'll give you his number. Maybe you guys might be able to might be able to operate on something. Right. That's where I want cannabis to be. 
without this stigma of, oh, you're a couch potato, oh, you're never going to amount to anything, oh, uh, you're never able to hold a job, oh, no, it's nothing like that. It's nothing like that. We need, we need to get to a place, we need to get to a place where everyone is open and able to have an, a real communication, real conversation about how cannabis should be used, how cannabis should not be used, because that's the thing, right? Everyone says that there may be, uh, uh, it's a gateway drug, or that, oh, you're going to abuse cannabis. Here's the thing, it's all a mindset, and anyone that says that it's not a mindset is just because you were going to abuse something regardless. Something happened in your past life, I'm not trying to be a therapist, I'm not trying to be you know, an all-knowing person or anything like that, but this is just my opinion. Something happened traumatic in your life, which I'm, I apologize for. I'm sorry. You know what I mean? I'm sorry that happened to you, but if you're going to abuse something, you're going to abuse something regardless, whether it's cannabis, whether it's alcohol, whether it's uh, uh, prescription drugs, <laughs> which is an epidemic right now. It's, it's, it's horrible how many people are overdosing and dying. Whether it's heroin, whether it's crack, whether it's water or, or, or PCP, you know what I mean? You're going to be abusing something in your life, cigarettes even. There's going to be something that you believe is a poison and you want to hurt yourself with or you believe that it's going to, to save your life somehow, you're going to abuse it. You're going to abuse it and you're going to use it. My thing is, if you have the mentality, hey, cannabis is a medicine, right? Cannabis is a medicine. It's a spiritual plant. If you have this mindset, then there's no way you can be, you can be addicted to cannabis. There is no addictive qualities to cannabis. There is chemically there's no addictive qualities to cannabis. You know what I mean? Cigarettes, the companies put in chemicals in the filters and in the tobacco to allow you to get addicted. Alcohol, same thing, right? Drugs like cocaine, crack, PCP, yeah, those addictive. Now, if someone's saying that they are addicted to cannabis, I suggest that they go see therapy, right? And I suggest that... I suggest that they go see therapy, first of all, because therapy is good for everybody. It's not just good for people who are addicted. Um, Also, I believe that they are addicted not to cannabis, but the habit of feeling better, right? The habit of feeling better. Um, cannabis helps so many people with ailments, so many people with, with anxiety, depression, insomnia, pain, right? So you're addicted to feeling like an equilibrium in your body, the natural equilibrium in your body that's produced by the endocannabinoid system, right? So that being said, you know, I apologize to anybody I might be offending, but I, I, I love you all and I really want you all to understand that we need to have these open conversations about cannabis. 
Yeah, it might be what someone might consider a drug, but so are the pharmaceuticals that you're giving to your children. So are the pharmaceuticals that you're taking for yourself. Honestly, I believe cannabis can be a life-saving thing. Um, Before it was prohibited in 1937, Uh, The medical association was actually saying that they are against it being prohibited because of all of the medicinal qualities it provides. Can you believe that? The the medical board and association actually said we should not prohibit marijuana and cannabis and hemp because of all the medicinal benefits it supplies and provides. And yet it's done anyway. Why? Systemic racism which is unfortunate. It's super unfortunate. Um, Yeah, but uh, uh, I'm glad to say that I live in this time of the world where we're able to speak out and we're able to have a voice. We're able to have friends and have loved ones that are able to speak on our behalfs as well. Um, you know, this is, this is a great time to be a part of the cannabis movement, a part of the cannabis industry, trying to advocate and trying to help each other. This is, that's the main thing about this channel, my podcast. I'm trying to, I'm not anyone that's special. I'm just trying to help others. I'm trying to show people there are ways that you can help your illnesses and help, you know, with, with your problems without a doctor constantly trying to give you new medications or trying to have you take seven to eight pills in the morning and then five pills at night and all of a sudden oh man my liver is starting to hurt that's something that I actually went through as a child as a teenager I, I had mental health uh, issues and as well as uh, migraine chronic migraine syndrome I took multiple medications in the morning multiple medications in the evening What it did was it helped me a little bit, yeah, but at the same time, I literally started to feel pain in my sides from my organs, hurting from my organs not being able to process these medications. Did I drink enough water? Probably not. I was a teenager. Most teenagers want to not even drink water and drink only Coca-Cola. I was still drinking water though. I was taking eight ounces every time I took medicine. I was drinking uh, 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 16 ounce bottles twice a day. Was that enough? No. But at the same time, why take these things that's going to hurt your body when you can use cannabis as a supplement or you can use them as a supplement to cannabis where it's actually going to be naturally processed through your body and actually create equilibrium in your body naturally. Right. I'm not knocking pharmaceutical medicine. Right. It helps in a lot of uh, circumstances. I'm taking pharmaceuticals myself right now for my mental health and schizophrenia and for and and for uh, 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 being pre-diabetic. Right. But for me, the ultimate medicine is cannabis. And I will I will debate with a doctor as much as a doctor wants to debate with me. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's it's. As simple as that, because in the end of the day, doctors spent so much money, so much of their time to get these diplomas, to get these practices that they will push. They will push medicine on you 
even if you don't need it or if it doesn't make sense. And I've seen it. I've seen it done, unfortunately. I've seen it done, unfortunately. No. It's, it's, an, it's intense, people. It's an intense subject for me because this is real. This is real life. You know, I have, after my first podcast, I have people asking me, hey, what does CBD really help with? I tell them anxiety. I tell them insomnia. I tell them pain management because it's real. You know, I want to help people. I want to make sure that people know that there are other choices, other lifestyles that they can choose in order to prolong their life and have a happy life. Right. I'm not I'm not in this to try to make money. If I make some money, cool. If someone wants to send me some cash, cool. That's awesome. I appreciate you. I love you for that. But I love the world more. I want to help people. And the way I can help people is by advocating for cannabis. All right. Um, just letting you all know, on a side note, I have an Instagram account. AJ the strain AJ underscore the strain hunter. Um, if you want to, you can follow that Instagram account. Um, that's where I have most of my pictures. That's where I do a little bit of photography. That's where I post up uh, some some pictures for planning on these podcasts. Um, you know, follow me if you'd like. Like my pictures, what have you. DM me if you'd like. If you have any questions about CBD about uh, anything that I can answer. If I don't know the answer, I'm going to learn the answer so I can know in the future and help you at the same time. So please feel free to send me whatever you might need. Um, I love you guys and I'll see you next time. This has been AJ the Strain Hunter and this is the Strain Hunter Podcast. Hope you have a great night.